This episode is brought to you by Revolver Studios, Portland's own homegrown recording studio and music production house, run by musicians for musicians. Revolverstudios.org. This is the Portland Film Podcast, and I'm your host, Molly Silverstein. Today, our guest is Josh Leek, executive director and co-founder of the Portland Film Festival. Josh is also a local director and producer, with titles including the Showtime documentary, Glenna, and the upcoming feature based on Chuck Palahniuk's bestseller, Lullaby. Welcome, Josh. Hey! I'm so glad to have you here today. So let's talk first a little bit about Lullaby. How did you first get involved with the project? Um, it's kind of a funny story. I um, made this film a while back and um, had some pretty good success with it. I, I won a film festival in New York sponsored by the Motion Picture Association of America. And um, what was it called? It was called uh, Empties. In fact, actually, I shot it in, around this area in southeast Portland. It was about homeless people that uh, survive off of returning cans. Um, so Oregon was one of the first states to institute the bottle bill. Right, right. And uh, I took that film and, and went to a couple of different film festivals. And one of them was in London called the Rain Dance Film Festival, which was awesome. And I met the director, Andy Mingo, and um, he had his film there, which was a short film um, produced by uh, himself and Chuck Palahniuk. And we kind of became friends. And I said, we should do a feature. And so we're working on a feature. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of pre-production. Nothing happens. I mean, you know, unless you have lots of money. Uh, I think we did pretty well. The Kickstarter was a lot of work. It did well. Yeah, I think it was amazing. I think it's like it's um, got more money, got more supporters than any other film in the history of Portland. So I think that's really? kind of a cool thing. Oh, that's really um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's close to half a million dollars, which is just, you know, a lot. Chuck Palahniuk has such a massive fan base with books like Fight Club and Choke and then the movies that came from those books. And Lullaby came out in 2002. Why do you think it took so long for it to become a movie? Well, um, I think most of his books are optioned, but they don't always get made. And I think that's true with a lot of um, screenplays in general. You know, there's a, a Portland screenwriter by the name of Daniel Wilson. He's a writer, New York Times bestselling author. And um, he wrote a screenplay for Steven Spielberg called Robo Apocalypse mm -hmm. based off his um, book. And um, it still hasn't been made. And they optioned it, you know, years ago. And I think Spielberg spent like a million dollars on the rights. Really? So things just, you know, sit, unfortunately. Um, but that's definitely not what we're going to do with our film. Well, I mean, I've read the book, and it's a challenging book to turn into a film. Yeah, but it's it's mostly character-driven. It's not, I mean, there's not tons of special effects. I mean, there's like one or two different things, but it's not like you don't have any planes falling from the sky, and there's not like a million zombies. And, you know, so I, I think it's it's a film that it could be made as an independent film, which is what we're doing. Are you going to shoot it locally? That's the plan, yeah. Chuck and Andy are working on a second draft right now, or probably like fifth draft, but um, um, of the the project. And it, it's awesome because Chuck's actually co-writing it with us. So it's not like he's just take my story. He's like, I want to help. I want to work on it. That's so, wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, and did he do that on Fight Club and Choke? He's never well? been involved as much as he has with our project. Um, but I think there's something about um, Chuck Palahniuk that kind of transcends a lot of authors in the sense that people really get him. He has this satire that's just so smart. And if you think of Fight Club when it came out, it was pretty provocative. I mean, it was it was pretty challenging. And if you look at it today, it's maybe not 
what it was when it came out. But I think we're going to do the same thing with Lullaby. It's very structured the same. Um, you know, it has the same kind of uh, questions authority. And there's, you know, really talking about power. And I think those are things that um, people are, are into. And I think that, you know, especially with like the election going on right now and just this idea of who has power and who doesn't have power, these are things that transcend and and I think tend to mean more. And I think our film um, is going to be a project that will be remembered. What are some of the differences that you've experienced between directing and producing since you've done both? Well, um, I think they're both uh, they're both difficult. And they're both challenging. And I think that as a producer, you're someone that has to connect people. And as a director, you're someone that has to command attention and tell people what to do. Um, although there are a lot of connections made, I think the producer is really kind of the person that that makes things happen, that, that connects A to B and C. Um, and I think that um, I like both hats, um, but I think I'm probably a better producer than I am a director. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I love directing, but I think I think that there's a lot of creativity in both of the, the um, positions. Um, I think directors awesome. But I think as a producer, I have abilities to connect people that I think um, is something that is needed more. I think I think there's so many directors out there that I think good producers are probably farther, far and in, in between. So. Well, it's, I mean, it's important in a creative circumstance to have someone that can sort of drive it ahead and, you know, be more structural, which I feel like is often the role of the producer. producer. And it's very important. Yeah. And, you know, I just produced the uh, trailers for Fight Club 2. And I think a lot of what I did was basically um, putting all the right people in the room and letting Andy, the director, do his thing. And I think that's great. And, you know, so that he doesn't have to worry. I think that's a lot of what, what a producer does. And, and I enjoy it. So do you have any good stories about producing like crazy producing stories? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I was, uh, I got a call from a friend of a friend and he worked for a big corporation in Oregon and he was like, Hey, um, you're, you're a film festival guy, right? And I'm like, sure. So he's like, well, our big company wants to do a project down in, um, at South by Southwest. And I'm like, great. And he's like, okay, well, how much do you need? And, you know, when someone asks you how much money you need for a project, you always, well, you tell them what you probably think. And I was like, I don't know, it's probably going to, you know, cost a hundred thousand bucks. And he's like, okay. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So we ended up producing this, um, like minute commercial for close to a hundred grand, which was crazy. Um, but we had to of course pay for some people that weren't in it and had to get music rights and this and that. But it was a, it was a fun little project and it was like, just because it was a friend of a friend. Yeah. So I like more of those projects, please. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anyone's listening, um, are you, do you, would you like to direct more in the future? Yeah, I think I would. Um, in fact, I always, I have like these two great, um, stories going around in my mind and I think eventually I will make them real and I'm not going to tell you because I don't want anyone to take it. <laughs> Is it like a little teaser? Like, uh, well, it's a, a one of them is about a little girl um, who is um, the daughter of a, a druggie who suddenly dies and she's left to her estranged grandfather. And it's kind of like a, a coming of age story for this little girl, but also this, this grandfather who's been kind of not really in her life or his daughter's life. It's kind of, um, you know, through this difficulty, they kind of become happier with life and 
So how did you get started working in film or interested in film? Well, it started back in college. And so Portland State was great. I mean, I got a I got a scholarship to from the school to go and work at the Smithsonian for a while and stayed at the college's house there. And, and Portland State was just this amazing place, but they really didn't have a film department back then. So I ended up taking like some film courses um, in LA and different places. I'd tell my parents, I'd be like, Dad, I want to go and take this. So I ended up taking some like special effects class from the guy that worked on like Star Wars and you know did all these really great cool things and I ended up making this like 15 second short and it was uh, kind of a, a spoof of um, Wizard of Oz and and it took like so long to do and it was just like for me in Portland there was never really the tools or the access to be able to make film. I mean, the classes that were available in Portland were always so expensive, and it just there was no, there was no, there was no technology for us to do when I was growing up to mm. make film affordably. Now, you know, unlike J.J. Abrams, my parents didn't give me a 16 millimeter film with you know a mile of it to go shoot and have fun, but um, you know, I was stuck with, with, uh, you know, nothing. So I never really pursued it until later in life. I um, was um, asked by a friend of mine, um, he, he, he knew that I owned a, a finance company, he said, hey Josh, you should really enter um, this contest with this tech company. And so I did, I made this like video and we ended up winning like 10 grand and six new computers. And it was like this minute video. And then I took that money and I bought nicer film equipment and I entered another film contest with Siemens and got second place in the world and won another 10 grand. And then I made the short that won Tropfest. So it was like this was all within a year. I've heard that there is a story involving you and Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. Well, when I won the film festival in uh, in New York, I sang on stage with him. How did that How did that happen? Uh, yes. it, well, it was pretty funny. It was I was I was uh, there was probably like eight films that were up to win. And, you know, I was the only documentary and mine was about homeless people in Portland. And it's like, you know, are they really going to choose a film about homeless people in Portland? And, you know, there was even a film with a little dog and the dog was cute and its owner was like a quadriplegic gentleman and he was there. So that was like amazing that this guy was here and his dog was there. And, you know, they even brought the dog up and Hugh Jackman danced, you know, played with the dog in front of 15,000. I mean, who, I mean, like I'm ever going to win. And, um, you know, backstage, I had a little too much to drink, and they uh, called the third place and the second place, and I was like, man, I could win. Let's see. I'm going to call my mom. So I called my mom, <laughs> and then, um, you know, I don't know. It just kind of took off, and then I thanked Mr. Jackman, and I said, I hear you're a, a really good uh, singer, you know, because I had read that he had um, was like one of the most sought-after Broadway show singers ever and yeah and he was like well do you want to sing and I'm like okay and we sang New York New York and I was totally off key but it was fun and it was it was cool that's amazing that's a bucket list moment for sure yeah oh yeah I was like (laughs) that's probably like 10 minutes of my five minutes of fame and he was like the nicest guy in the world and you know everyone I've ever met after him as far as like actors and celebrities or you know politicians I always compare him to him I'm like man you're not as nice as he. I mean, yeah, you know, when you when you're a filmmaker, you're kind of showing yourself to the world. You're you're exposing yourself. And I think that 
at that festival, um, it was a very personal film because there was like two of us that made it, mm-hmm. which is, I got to tell you, as a filmmaker, you never want to make a film alone because it, it just is not, it's not a good idea. And it can be done, but I think filmmakers that do everything themselves are ridiculous and I, I get annoyed with them very quickly. Um, but because you need a team and I think a team is what really supports a community and that's really what the festival is about. And, you know, when I was sitting at the film festival, um, I think meeting those filmmakers, those other filmmakers that were there was part of that community that I didn't have on the film itself. And I think that uh, when I was on stage and, you know, and I won and I had a, you know, $20,000 check in my pocket, um, I, I was just like, wow, I mean, this is amazing. And then looking out at the 15,000 people, um, you know, looking at us on stage, looking over to Mr. Jackman, I was like, this would be kind of a cool thing to bring to Portland. I wish we could. And, you know, that's what we did with the film festival. I mean, we, we even, uh, when we first started, we had some outdoor screenings and, um, you know, we took everything we could from other film festivals to make Portland Film Festival a reality. I mean, Portland has a lot of film festivals that have been around a lot, but they aren't necessarily filmmakers festivals, which, you know, that have classes or, you know, places to network for filmmakers. And that's really what film festivals meant to me. Um, And so when I came back to Portland, I was like, um, we should really do something like these other film festivals. And um, my co-founder, Jay Cornelius, was a film professor and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we did it. I have this hobby of buying domain names, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. But uh, I named my film Empties, Empties, because I own the domain name Empties. Uh, and then I had noticed that PortlandFilmFestival.com was available from some guy in, in in Australia, so I bought it. And then after that came in, and we ended up making the festival so it was kind of funny so you had the domain name for a while before you before we did anything because i had you know you always kind of like think of stuff and then whether or not you do that you don't know so i I bought it and and then we ended up doing it so i imagine that the learning curve is relatively steep those first couple of years yeah they don't learn they don't really have um film festival classes or you know i mean We do belong to the Film Festival Alliance, which is kind of a group of most film festivals out there. And we get together and talk and, you know, it's it's kind of like a, would imagine like an AA meeting or something like that. We get around and talk about everything. And um, but uh, I, uh, um, you know, we pretty much were just, you know, do we did what we thought sounded right. And a lot of that ended up being, you know, pretty expensive. And, you know, but I think it we took the best parts from every film festival that we went to and made it the Portland film festival. So, um, Sundance every morning has a coffee chat with their filmmakers. That's what we do. We do a coffee chat with filmmakers every morning. Sarasota film festival has this great restaurant where you can get drinks and food during the whole festival for the filmmakers. Really? So that's what we do. So we, we kind of basically have copied, all these other film festivals and kind of made it more Portland. As you're putting the film festival together, does it help to have experience as a filmmaker and a producer? Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, um, I'm. Uh, what what did Liam Neeson say in his movie Taken? I've been Many given. <laughs> I've been given. I've been given a certain skill set, uh, and I think that those are very complementary to running a film festival. 
And I think that, uh, you know, it's not just one person, though. And I think that um, the film festival is as good as it is because of the group of volunteers and staff members such as yourself, Molly. Thank Um, you. (laughs) And, you know, our programmer, Brad and, you know, Misty and Sean and just everyone that's involved with the festival has really made it what it is. And I'm, you know, if it was just me, it would be kind of lame. And um, but with everyone else, it's turned into something pretty amazing. What do you feel the audiences of Portland get from the festival? That's particularly because the filmmakers come and they really get the opportunity to network and in a way that, like you said, at other festivals, you know, the famous people will speak, but it's harder if you're up and coming. You know, what can audiences in Portland really get? Yeah, I think that the the Portland um, audience is. going through some problems right now i mean i think we're we're left with going to see jason bourne or the new marvel movie which are great movies but it's not really uh it's not really reflective of the community that we are and i think that um i'm I'm really scared about what um film is going to be in another 10 years because every day we see these messaging from these large corporations about what we should be like what we should like what we shouldn't like. And I think that that's such a, a, a scary thing to think that Fast and the Furious series is is what film should be. Um, you know, I think that uh, there's room for it, but I think that it's really pushing out the independent filmmakers. You know, I'm over this the, the superhero thing. And I think what our festival does that's so integral, integral, and important for our community is it's bringing voices that um, wouldn't have been heard or wouldn't have been um, in in the community. And I think that uh, all these films play in, for example, New York or San Francisco because there's outlets for them. But right now, there's only you know one theater that actually screens independent film in Portland. You know, everyone's always talking about this theater and that theater, but they're all playing Hollywood movies. And I think that what we are doing is we're playing movies that, uh, you know, they do play in Hollywood. We do have some Hollywood films, but I think we're giving, um, you know, a place for independent film and independent thought. And I think that if you're tired of watching the same old superhero movie and you'd like to see something um, more, I think, engaging with more nuance, I think the festival is the place to go. And, you know, we're doing things that Hollywood isn't doing. You know, 3% of the films last year were directed by women. 51% of the films this year for us were directed by women. And I think that um, to even suggest that women don't have the capacity to make a good film is just ridiculous. Of course. And I think that's something that I get, I read in our daily uh, newspapers. And I think that uh, if we don't do something quickly, we're going to be left with the status quo. And I don't think that's really something that uh, I want to accept. What are some of the great things that have come out of the festival in the last few years of doing it? Um, I think for me personally, it's really become a community and a family. And it's kind of awesome having as many friends that have um, similar interests and drives. Um, You know, I think we have some like 12 um, staff volunteers, people that have committed several hours a week to doing the festival. And I think I have friendships that I've never really, um, you know, experienced before professionally in the sense that it's like we have so much in common. It's like a family. So 
That's wonderful. Yeah. And what about filmmakers and? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing is that I ended up being like Mr. Organizer more and I don't like get a chance to relax and network and, and hang out with filmmakers as much. And that's kind of one of my goals for this year is to do that a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, from other friends, you know, they've, uh, I know a producer friend that picked up a director last year and, um, just a lot of, um, business connections, networking, I think is awesome. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's two different types of film festivals. I think there's like a red carpet film festival and then there's the kind of like, Hey, we're here. And I think we tend to be a combination of the two, but more of a, Hey, we're here in the sense that, you know, some festivals you go to, there's this red rope and you can't get on the other side unless you're, you know, someone famous. And I don't think we really have that red rope. We're pretty much, you know, open. We've had some pretty well-known actors, you know, Haley Joel Osment, um, uh, who else? Um, Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones, who's going to be Mr. Aquaman, which is, a, of course, a Marvel or a DC movie. And then, uh, you know, some other names. And they've all been really relaxed and open. And it's pretty cool how, um, you know, chill Portland Film Festival is. I know that there are some things that are different this year than they have been in the past. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I always imagined having the festival across the city. And um, I think managing... 19 venues was not impossible, but it was kind of a lot of work. And since we're pretty much a volunteer driven organization, um, you know, one of the most profound suggestions we've heard every year since we started was we wish you were only at one location just to make it easier. So, um, of course we would love to do that. And we finally, um, you know, worked it out with the Laurelhurst theater to take it over for eight days. So That's great. I know one location, it's going to make things so much easier. So instead of having volunteers and merchandise and tickets at 19 different places, we're going to have it at one. And, um, we bought out a bar across the street, which is going to be our filmmakers lounge and headquarters. So, um, filmmakers, which bar is that? so, uh, our lounge is located at the Cardinal club, which is right across the street. That's great. Yeah. Um, and all the workshops are going to take place at the Laurelhurst as well. Yeah. Everything's going to be there. One-stop shop. Yeah. Are there any special guests that you are particularly excited about? Well, you know, um, obviously being a fan of Chuck's, um, he just came out with Fight Club 2, which I produced the trailers for, um, for his new um, graphic novel. And uh, he just did something recently. uh, He just recently screened Fight Club. So I was like, what can we screen that he hasn't screened that we could do at the festival? So I asked him and he's going to come and do a screening of Choke with us and he's also going to show our trailers from fight club Two, which is kind of fun um you know i'm a real big fan of authors so we're bringing in um the author of logan's run which oh. is pretty awesome they're having it's having its 40th year uh, anniversary this year that's exciting um yeah and we're also um talking with the director of um short circuit and did that come out how long ago did that come out uh, it's a 30th anniversary wow. this year and it was actually filmed in oregon um, and you know, he went on to film, um, war games and also, um, Saturday Night Live with, uh, um, everyone's favorite John Travolta. So we've got some, some royalty coming other people I'm interested in seeing, um, Leslie Dixon. Uh, she wrote one of my favorite earlier films called Overboard with Goldie Hawn. And she's also, uh, written a, a film, which I like too, with Bradley Cooper called Limitless. So she's, yeah, she's pretty, pretty well known. And she's also has a producer credit on uh, gone girl. So, um, yeah, got some interesting people coming in and, uh, just excited to share with everyone. Um, and are there any films that you're 
particularly? Um, yeah, I mean, about? I think I'm, I'm excited to see all the films play. I think that, uh, you know, our opening night films, um, Wizard Man and Middleman, or Wizard Mode, excuse me, and Middleman both sound pretty cool. And our closing night film, um, I think it's called uh, Ovarian Psychos, which is based on a female biker band, biker group. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And I mean, there's just tons of films. In fact, I think we have 54 features we're playing. Um, and uh, there's a film I saw at Slam Dance called The Lesson, which was directed by um, a lady by the name of Ruth Platt. I met her. She's really awesome. And it's uh, teachers will love it because it's a teacher who's tired of being abused by his students and he kidnaps his students and tortures them. So it's kind of a late, <laughs> I think teachers, it's everything that a teacher ever wanted to do. So uh, it's, it's playing late night. So you don't have to worry about kids uh, seeing it, but um, we have so many great films this year um, that I just, uh, I'm just excited. Um, movies every day from noon, from like 1145 until 10 midnight. And uh, if you'd like to find out what movies to watch every day at 10 a.m., um, we're doing a coffee chat with all the directors that are in town, and they'll come in and talk about their film, and you can learn about it and maybe decide what film you want to see. It's free. Oh, that's great. Yes, I should probably add that. Free. <laughs> coffee and donuts. Who can turn down coffee and donuts? Thank you so much for being here, Josh. Thanks for having me. My guest is Josh Leake, executive director and co-founder of the Portland Film Festival. For more information about his upcoming film, Lullaby, visit L-U-L-L-A dot B-Y. And for more information about the 2016 Portland Film Festival, including the Film Industry Speed Networking event on Monday, August 29th, and the opening night Red Balloon Party on August 30th, visit PortlandFilmFestival.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode, you can subscribe on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or visit us at theportlandfilmpodcast.com. The Portland Film Podcast is a Portland Film Festival production, produced and edited by Misty Eddy. Our associate producer is Sean Conley, sound engineer Paul Dillon, and I'm Molly Silverstein. See you next time. <laughs>